Hi guys. Welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. It's October. It's Halloween month. I am, I'm excited. I mean, October's going to be huge. It's eclipse season. We're having, it's Halloween. It's all Hallows Eve. The veil's very thin. It's a really, like I always say the veil's like thinning in general over time. That's why like signs and symbols and things become like even bigger. But during really eclipse season, and I think really October is like, it's probably the thinnest at this time of year. So pay attention to your dreams, pay attention to signs, pay attention to symbols, pay attention to synchronicities. They'll be especially loud and a little more obvious. So even for someone that never sees them, this is the time of year where you might and, or you will, if you're keeping an eye out for them. So. Yeah. Good reminder. Yeah. I'm excited too. Cause Cindy and I are actually going to be together maybe for the no, I actually think the first time actually we ever hung out at my house, it was Halloween. Was it? Yes, it was. Huh. I was going to say, Cindy and I will be together in person for the first time ever for Halloween, but the first time we ever hung out, it was Halloween. I don't remember. It was at my house, and I can't say it on here, but there's like a very distinct reason that I know. Um, Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. No, that's so funny. Anyway. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so super excited. Love that the veil is thin. I got to tell you, I've been having like some wackadoodle dreams that like they haven't necessarily been awesome dreams, but like, yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, um, I wanted to kick this off by sharing. We are now on Spotify. So I think I maybe mentioned at the end of the last episode, I cannot remember if I did or not, but just to reiterate, we're on Spotify now. Please rate, leave a comment, a little note if you're enjoying it, if you're loving it. We appreciate that. It's very helpful. Helps it, us to get more in front of more people. It truly is. On And if you listen on iTunes, please, please, just even if it's like one word, even if you're just like nice, like I would be thrilled with that. Um. Anyway, I think we're going to kick this episode off. We're going to go all, a little bit all over the place, but we got two really great um listener questions this week so we're gonna start it off with that um, are we ever not all over the place do is there a single episode where we haven't done that i don't, I don't think so we're always we're bouncing it's just <laughs> it's like how my brain has functioned and i think it's gotten worse i don't know if it's because of the move for me personally but like literally like I my I don't know if you call it ADD, but like I this is probably thinking my but I needed more toilet paper, so like I went up to get it and like put it on the kitchen table, and then my I like my coffee was like boiling to make or the water was boiling to make the French press, and then I went and did that, and then I hit the alarm, and then I was like, oh, I'm really cold, so then I put like clothes on. This is all in the morning, by the way, and then I went back and the coffee was done, so then I then I had to clean a mug and whatever, and then the dishes weren't done, so I was doing the dishes, and then I sat down to meditate at the kitchen table, and the toilet paper was still sitting on the table, and I'm like. (laughs) Oh my God. Like that is me in the morning. And I just like, I'm all over the place. And that's how I feel like my conversations go. Our podcasts go. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's just me or if it's everybody. I think a lot of people are like that. I think, um, it's also just hard. Like it's hard. I feel like when you're in your own house and you're trying to like focus on work or focus on meditating or whatever you're doing, because there's always something else to do. Um, yeah, so it's like almost challenging being at home and trying to get things done, which sounds counterintuitive, but that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah, agreed. So Okay, back to the questions. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right, first question. This one is definitely a more serious question. Um, the second one's a little bit more fun and lighthearted, but I think will also be really interesting to talk about. So somebody um, wrote in to ask you know, if we, we were doing a Q and a soon, I said, we're always happy to do them. So if you're listening and you have a question for us, always feel like you can DM it to us on Instagram. So a woman named Haley wrote in and she shared that she's been studying the soul's journey and trying to learn about like contracts and soul contracts. And she wanted to ask is an untimely death always planned and part of their contract. She's asking because And Haley, I'm so sorry to read this. I said this to you in the message, um, but I'm very sorry for your loss. She lost her infant son. She said he recently crossed over this year at only 4.5 months old. Gives me goosebumps. And she obviously has been processing. She's been in very deep, deep grief. 
and she's been trying to learn more about, um, you know, her son's contract, what his soul's plan might've been or what his soul's plan still is. And if this was likely basically always how it would have been, like, did he know this essentially when he came into this life? Um, And would he have basically like never grown old in this lifetime? So with that context, her ultimate question or like her question was, is an untimely death, I guess, or a tragic death, like, is it always planned? And is it a part of their soul contract? So we, I'm going to back up for a second. All souls, when they come in, have things, we we, uh, assign things called exit points, like points in our life where if things are going way too off plan, or we feel like we're really stuck, or we're done, we are complete because we have completed everything. We have what's called exit points in our lives. A lot of people you'll see um, or hear about or read about have near death experiences where they think they've crossed over or not that they think they've crossed over and they see something or talk to someone, have an experience and then come back. Like that's an exit point that they just, their soul then decide not to take. Right. Or someone who's like in an accident and they walk away completely fine. And you know, the EMTs are like, you should have died. Like, we don't know how you're alive. That's an exit point that their soul, that that person's soul chose not to take. Right. So when a soul does leave and at a young age or at four and a half months or whatever, it is an exit point. But I would argue that it's not predestined like without, you know, they're going to um, pass or transition exactly on that date and time, because we always have multiple exit points in our lives. Now yeah. the chances with her and the son, the chances of him maybe living to be like, cause he passed so young living to be, you know, like a hundred years old or 90 years old probably wasn't going to be the case. But the fact that he passed at that exact age at that time, that, that young, that was just an exit point. His soul like chose to take it. I would also be curious if she had any um, issues within the pregnancy. I feel like I had someone recently where similar thing there um, child passed really early on and it, it like didn't live more than a few hours. And I said, do you have, did you have a scare early on in the pregnancy? And they're like, yeah, at like 20 weeks I was bleeding and I thought I lost the baby. And then I was like, yeah, that was an exit point for that child. And you almost miscarried it, but they decided to make it to full term because there were other lessons in that pregnancy that, you, that were there for you. So my point is, is that there's always different exit points. Um, when it comes to soul contracts, this typically when they're that young has to do a lot with past live soul like contracts or com- completing something or a lesson or a learning from a past life and they're coming in for just a short time in this lifetime to sort of complete that cycle or finish that thing or teach that lesson i will also note for anyone who's lost a child young or a, a miscarriage you know late in the pregnancy or stillbirth or whatever though it is hard for souls to come in for just that short amount of time and then leave again. So that is a very evolved soul that chooses to come in and like take that on. Also, it's such a deep thing for you as the mother or the parent, if you're, as you're grieving, you also are a very evolved old soul because not everybody can handle that. It's one of the toughest, I think it is the hardest lesson on earth is losing a child or going through that type of grief. It just, it's, there just are no words to make it better. So know that if you are going through something like that, or you know someone is going through something like that, or you did lose that child, you and that child are very evolved souls, very, very old souls. It's tough. These are not easy lessons, obviously. And then as for contracts, I mean, it could be something as simple as like that soul was your parent in a past life and you died young. And so now they want to know what it felt like to be the child that died while you were still alive. Like, you know what I mean? It could be like literally like that equal as a karma karma thing. It could be something as simple as that body wasn't going to sustain. Like there was something off that later in life was going to cause, you know, a health defect or a heart or something like that, that you didn't catch or they didn't catch. And that soul actually decided, actually, I don't want to go through that. And they came in for a short time to just teach some lessons and then left. Um, It could be something as, um, you know, it's teaching you about grief. It's teaching you about forgiveness. It's teaching you about loving yourself, teaching about letting go of control. I mean, there's a million different, I mean, we would be here for like four or five hours. I went through every little possible soul contract or lesson. The main things when it's a child that leaves someone tend to be about um, grief, healing karma, and um, learning to forgive yourself and letting go of control because you can't control it. And it's not your fault to any parent. It's not your fault. It's truly, it is, I guarantee you did everything you possibly could and it still happened. It's not your fault. 
And that's like a big thing of like forgiveness and letting go. And um, again, it's one of the hardest lessons I think any soul goes through. Remember though, how is it happening like for you? If you can like look at with some gratitude or getting to experience the gratitude of like the joy that you did have for those first few months or hours or time with the pregnancy with the baby. Um, and knowing that like you're here for a reason still, you have purpose. Like there is a reason why you're still here and that child is not. So the, yeah, the, the soul, the child wants you to keep going. It's really easy to just sort of permit and hibernate and not want to go out in the world and not want to expose yourself and you don't want to get hurt again and not, you know, it's easy. It's easy to do that. It's harder to choose to get up every day and show up and keep going and live your life. It's hard. That's the harder thing to do. But that's also a lot of times what the part of the lesson is too, is knowing that you do still have a purpose and that you are needed and you're here for a reason. So you yeah. go find that or live that. Right. Yeah. And I think that too, not um, that I understand it to the extent of Cindy, but I think that comes with time. So I think that's a good reminder. Yes. It's not something that happens overnight. And I say this a lot, which I'm so glad we're bringing this up now, especially during eclipse season. Cause a lot of souls come in and out during eclipses uh, or eclipse season. I always say the veil, again, the veil is really thin. It's just easier for them to transition in and out. So anyone trying to get pregnant, I always say eclipses are super easy for babies to come in and out, meaning like any soul that's ready to go or on the precipice of going, or they're going to, it's easier for them to tr- transition around eclipse season. Um, I forgot I was going with that. What were we talking about? We were talking about giving yourself time. And oh, time. yeah. Yeah. Give yourself time. Oh, yeah. Everyone grieves differently. That's what I wanted to say. Everyone grieves differently and there's no right or wrong way. Don't let anyone try and tell you otherwise. But everyone grieves differently. The only thing I would say is that eventually you have to, you have to get up. You have to yeah. nourish yourself. Find something that brings you joy get outside. Like you, you do have to keep moving, but in time, everyone, everyone takes their own time and everyone grieves differently. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, thanks Cindy. Um, and Haley, if you have any other questions, you know, always feel free to send them in or like I said, for anybody listening. So the second question is kind of a two-part question because I want to add something to it. Um, but a woman, Michelle, sent us a really fun question. And um, it was about Taylor Swift. So basically, there's another medium, Mystic Michaela, that posted a video. She's been on the Housewives before. Okay. Oh, interesting. I think she's been on the, I think she's in California. So she might have been on the, or may have been on the, um, who's out there? Beverly Hills or Beverly Hills and OC. OC. Yeah. I don't remember her from Beverly Hills, but I feel like maybe OC. It was a long time ago. Um, I think so basically this mystic Michaela, I guess, was talking about how, um, Taylor Swift has like an aura dating pattern and like Taylor's other boyfriend types weren't working for her. And she basically said, based on Taylor and Travis's auras, which if you have been listening this fall, you know, Cindy and I have been talking about um, Taylor and Travis, and we are very, I don't know, just fun. But I'm invested. I'm very invested at this point. I am too. I got to tell you, she took whoever to dinner with Blake. Blake Lively was at the game and they're besties. I'm like, I need more info. But basically, she reiterated her and Travis are just having fun. So this girl said, basically, for reference, when she says someone like Travis is a blue purple, it means they are emotional, empathetic, and also fun. That's the blue and the purple. Green purples like John Mayer are also very smart, but sometimes have a reputation for being manipulative. And um, she wanted to know like if we had any thoughts on this or whatever. And I basically had said, thanks. I'll ask Cindy about this since she reads them. And um, Michelle had said, you probably wouldn't be able to like read it because you don't have the camera and it's not an aura photo but you do see auras like you know yeah, i mean it's not just yeah. oh no 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 i, I mean i don't i don't know if we've ever talked about that with you so i'm like i don't know oh. if people would know that you know what i mean yeah well we can do a quick little aura 101 so for anyone listening aura it refers to the energetic field around you typically if you want to try and picture it it extends about three feet in either direction 
to the sides of you, above you and below you, um, which is funny why during the pandemic, it was like six feet apart. I was like, that's literally the distance of two people's auras, like your aura is three feet. And then like someone else's aura is three feet. So between the two of you was six feet. I was dying. I was like, do they realize what? I was like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, but your energetic field extends about three feet in other direction around you. Um, it's called an aura. And it each, your aura is based off of your, representative of your energy so your thoughts actions decisions feelings like beliefs mostly belief systems that impacts the color and the energy of your aura now i do think like some people because i've been doing this for a few years or a little bit now uh some people have certain colors that may always be in their aura in certain areas but you can have any color of the rainbow at any given time within your energy field based on what you're going through in fact i would argue that you have all the colors of the rainbow in your aura and the ones that you're representing that you see in a photo, if you've had it taken by myself or somebody else, those are the colors that you're working with or needing or manifesting or calling in at that time. Cause an aura picture is just a snapshot. It's a quick snap snapshot of where you're at and within like three to six months in either direction. And then the auras that like mystic Michaela or Michaela is like reading are more about like your kind of overall color or like a color that you tend to go back to as a soul over and over again. So again, it could be speaking of soul contracts, it could be like a life lesson or a life learning or a particular thing that you're here to like really get right in this lifetime. So that color that she sees is like a general color versus like you'd really need the camera to see like all the different colors like within each different like space, but everyone has like kind of maybe like a general color that they go back to a lot in their energy field. So that's what she's referencing. when she says like, someone's a purple and a blue or someone's all purple or someone's all. And like, I bet if I took their photo, they'd have some purple in it, but I guarantee you'd also have additional colors. Like maybe there'd be some white, maybe there'd be a little red, maybe there'd be some green in there, some pink, right? You're going to have other colors. You just, when you're just tuning in energetic, like in your mind's eye, picturing someone, it's hard to pick up on all those ind- individual colors. Because I've been read for people in readings and I'd be like, oh, I'm really seeing the color orange around you. I'm like, I bet if I took your photo, you have a lot of orange in your aura. Orange represents like creativity or wanting to um, start a business or getting, and they're like, oh my God, that's exactly my question I was going to ask. And I was like, oh, well, that's why you have orange in your aura, you know? So you, I can do it. I just, this might be me, like a little bit. I'm, I'm very like, show me the money. Like, okay, yeah. you can tell me I have a blue aura all you want. Uh, great. How, how, how the hell do I know you're actually seeing that, you know, versus yeah. when I take the picture and I'm like, Oh, look, you have blue. You're like, you can see the blue. You know what I mean? I'm not, you, yeah. I just, I need like the proof sometimes. Um, and they change so frequently. So I like the, I like the aura camera cause it shows you the different snapshots versus like Miss McKellar's reading. Like her colors don't really change much when she reads you. It's like, that's your color. And that's kind of oh. like, cause it's your overarching like color theme situation. So yes. And you know, it's funny. I really feel like, People know their auras. Like a lot, you tend to dress in the colors a lot of times. Like sometimes someone will come in and they'll be in like, you know, mm-hmm. a melon colored or like magenta colored sweatshirt or sweater or whatever, and their aura ends up being like that color. And I'm like, oh yeah, you like intuitively know. Or yeah. um, clients who have never had it done before, and they'll be like, their friend will be like, I bet you're gonna be blue and purple. And they literally, their friend is blue and purple. So it's like people know. It's like your it's your intuition. Um, so anyone can really tap into it or tune into it or like picture for kids. A lot of time it's their favorite color ends up being the color of their aura. Like, and if you think back to your favorite color growing up, that's, or your favorite color now that you always gravitate to, I, I would put money that that's the main color in your aura as well. So they're a little less like yeah, mysterious as sometimes people make them out to seem, but the camera again, will show you all the different, uh, colors that you're working with in any given moment and take a snapshot of it and yeah. that's just a little bit more than just like your one color or two colors yeah that's super interesting huh yeah and i i love miss miss Mc- if you guys follow her on instagram i think she's i think it's very interesting i just I can't get over the fact that i'm like how do you know they have like i mean like i mean i know i know she's intuitive but i'm like i just can't believe that like taylor Swift's aura has not changed at all over the past like you know like you're yeah, trying to tell me she has the same color from like way back when she first started when she was like 16, 17. And now she's in like her late twenties or early thirties. And like, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I well, wrap my head around that. I think it goes hand in hand with like, I don't know. We've talked about this before when we reviewed like TikTok trends. It's always taking any kind of like viral spiritual content you see online with a grain of salt, number one. 
but number two, um, you know, just like be for me, at least like being in PR, being in digital strategy, I think there's a difference between like, I'm not saying her content isn't factual. Cause like, I've only seen that one video and I found it actually super interesting and like the whole description, super interesting, but I think people ch- tend to like churn out content that will perform well. And obviously that piece of content performed really well. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you just don't know, but I think the, regardless of like if Taylor's aura, I guess has changed, like it's, it's an interesting concept to think about. Um, especially with like the guys and like their auras could have changed too, Mm -hmm. you know, like I have no idea, but it's like, you think about like John Mayer's reputation, which is kind of like, as like a fuck boy for lack of a better term. And I'm like, Michelle's like description from the video. She said, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like it's, it's just kind of funny to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think, I also wonder like how astrology plays into all this too. Like, you know, uh, I would be so curious what a lot of these guys, their moon signs are, their rising signs. And I wonder if there's a thread that, I mean, we'd need an astrologer to look, like really dig into all these people's charts to look and see if there's a thread there. With so, you know, I mean, I don't know. I went And I, like in my own personal life, like I at one point was only dating athletes. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I, mean, I, I don't just, see that at all for you. Oh yeah. No, I mean, that, it didn't at work. At least now. I'm single. <laughs> I'm single now. I'm still single. Um, or I was only, this is so weird. I was only dating guys from like Chicago. I was only dating Gemini's at one point. Like I went through these weird, I was not even trying. It's just like, this is what happened like over and over again. So again, I don't know. I wasn't as into auras back then as I am like now and looking at it in terms of like also who I was dating, but I just think we go through phases to, because we're learning certain things or processing certain, certain things. And I think that's more indicative of who Taylor's dating versus not, but yeah, I agree. I agree. We can have fun with it. So, well, it was a good thank you for the question, Michelle. And actually, I think she's been like a longtime listener, which I do appreciate. Love it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a good one. Just like kind of fun and interesting to like talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much. I mean, you, we could talk for like days about all that stuff and all like the, um, like errors that people go through and things that people are attracting. I was just talking to a client recently about like her dating profile. And this could be for anyone who's dating or healing from past relationships too, in that um, something came up where I said, Oh, these were like the exact, these guys were exactly like very similar. And she goes, they're very different. She's like, they look different. They have different belief systems. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like, they were both unavailable. And she was like, Oh yeah. She's like one of them lived like across the country. So it was long distance the whole time. And she's like, the other one was like not emotionally ready and like, was kind of like, like leading me on and never really committed. And I was like, yeah, they're both unavailable. Like you have been attracting an unavailable people for years, maybe even decades. And she was like, I never thought about that way. And I was like, yeah, cause you're too, you're like scared of falling in love. So it was like this whole thing, but I would, it's interesting to look back on your past relationships male or female and looking at like, what's the through line here? Like, what's the thing that's like always the same or you're still healing from. And that's usually something that's like coming up for healing or coming up for a lesson. And it might show up in people who look different, who have different jobs and different careers and doing different things at different times in life. But there's probably a through line through a lot of it. Um, Some of it could be like standing up for yourself, setting boundaries, not losing yourself and others. Again, availability, like are they always unavailable or you always tend to attract guys that have girlfriends or just breaking up with people or whatever, like looking at the theme could then indicate like something that your soul is trying to really teach or learn um, and or heal from. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Um, and it's interesting to like be able to draw that line or I guess even be like aware enough of your own patterns to draw that line. So yeah, I think Taylor, if we want to go to Taylor for a minute, like if she was sitting in front of me, I would probably like part of what her thing is is finding someone who can match her energy but not overpower it yes yeah and she's such a force and is constantly evolving it's also someone that can like evolve with her and and again be a match and a partner and support but then also have their own independence where they're doing something too and not like you know being needy or too needy or whatever and i I ultimately think that's that's the type of person she's going to end up with or someone 
in that arena or energy um, who can like handle the spotlight, but not be overpowering her. And, you know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I don't know. Curious to see what happens with this one. Yeah. I'd also say she's got something with long, with a like living arrangement. It feels like there's something there around like, I bet it, it seems to, I mean, I don't know her that well, but I, mean, I only know why I see the media, right? but it's, I bet you for her, it gets to the point where they're moving in together and it starts to fall apart or she's get, she can only get to that, but can't get over that hump. So there's something probably around like home life with her too, or like her uh, parents or her mom. I don't know if like her parents got split up and she feels guilty about like one having to follow her and her career and the other one not. And now it's like, anytime she gets close, like moving in with somebody like falls apart. There's something there around like home life and her and all that stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. We shall you- see what happens. It's funny you say that. Do you remember? I mean, I loved her and Calvin Harris together. Like, yes, I remember that. Pair, but I really liked them together. And then she did the Vogue seventy three questions, and in the video, she talked about it was at her and Calvin Harris's house, I think, in LA, and he had planted like an olive tree for her or something. And she talked about it in the video. Days later, they announced that they were breaking up. And it was like right after they had moved in together. So yeah. that like, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, I, I know. truly did it not was, know I mean, that a long time ago too. Like oh. it wasn't like a recent, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not even a recent event, but yeah. So I'm like, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Did not know that about her or Calvin. I mean, I remember when she dated him, but I don't remember. Yes. I didn't know they were living together, but yeah, there's something about her and like, she needs to clear like the energy around like living with them because she gets to the point of moving in and then it falls apart and, or moves in and then it literally falls apart. So there's something there around that and her and like the commitment or piece of yeah. it. So it'll be interesting. Very interesting. Um, hmm. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I like her and Travis though, but the first thing I thought was like, he doesn't live, he doesn't live in New York. They're going to be long distance for the, I mean, he's. I don't know how much his career has left, but he's doing really well. And now there are so there's so much more precedence of players playing older. Like um, what's his face? That's like retired three times. Who's married to Giselle, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Yes. He's yeah. in his like late thirties. Yes. Oh, at like, least. At least he might be 40 something, which I mean, like, I love this journey for them. I'm not, I'm not dissing anyone. Like, I think that's amazing. I think they should he, play. Tom Brady is 46 years old. Just kidding. He's 40. God bless. God bless, but yeah, but I mean, my point is that, like, you know, I don't think Travis is that old. Like, he's got a long career ahead of him, and like, what are they going to do? Be long distance? Is she going to move to Kansas? Like, I just, I again, I think the home thing with him is like, I don't know, I don't know how I see it. But I mean, your tires, he can live wherever. But until then, what's she going to do? Just be long distance? Like, I don't know. She's got her bestie Blake in New York. She can't leave her. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. If anyone knows Taylor, you need to get her this podcast so we can like, she can uh, get all these insights that I'm giving her or that we're giving her for free. And then she can call us. Yes. Call Cindy, please. Yeah, uh, too funny. Um, okay. Also, I mean, this is not that I guess that was kind of pop culture, but <laughs> also in the realm of like viral internet. I just, I never asked you about this beforehand, but on our topic list, I just see girl math. Yeah, I put that on there. No, I know, but I'm just curious. Now I'm curious. I got questions now. You got questions. Have you guys seen that trend about yeah. the girl yes, math? And it's like the funniest things where it's like, I don't know. I can't, now I, get, I only think like about the courses. You, you buy something and then you return something. So you made $70 or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Or yeah. like, uh, yeah. Or like, I don't know. It's like girl math where it's 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 like with the horse like with horses because they're very expensive and it's like just fun- it's just funny where it's like you you know convince yourself that you're like making money or that you're like not spending it but really yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. anyways I just thought it was a funny trend and I also I put it on there because I just think it's it's interesting like how uh, like we think or how like society and I don't say society's convinced us but it, it's just yeah it, it's it's just funny where it's almost like we feel guilty about like spending money on ourselves still and now we're like justifying it as like girl math and I'm like how much of this is rooted in like yeah we we have to like make it we have to make a joke about us spending money on ourselves or doing something for ourselves or yeah. doing something that we love 
when really like guys do that all the time or like, you know, yeah. people do that kind of, like other people do that stuff all the time. So I just think the girl man thing, I think it's funny where it's like, we're justifying like spending money on ourselves. Like, but we should, we shouldn't feel like guilty about it. You know, you should be doing stuff for, your, for yourself. So it's just, I don't know. It's just funny. Um, it, is, it is funny. And I think, um, I mean, she had more of like a financial take on it, but do you, do you follow Mrs. Dow Jones? I think you do. Right? I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like her. So I love her. And she posted a thing she had like stitched actually it was a video that like tiffany moon from real housewives had posted and was like stop calling it girl math like it's like if your finances are in order like your finances are in order like if they're not in order they're not in order but like stop calling it girl math and i was like it just like made me laugh she's a really good financial resource for women actually mrs dow jones on instagram but um yeah the whole like sometimes i see them and they make me laugh and sometimes i'm like they make me cringe, but it, I feel like it like depends on the person like posting them. So yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I yeah. just thought we had to address it because I feel like it's been going on long enough now that I'm like, we need to like talk about it's okay to like, you know, yeah, it's okay to spend money on yourself. And I feel like it also like mm-hmm. kind of adjacent. Um, I've said this for like a while, but, or like thought about it, I guess for a while, it's like alarming to me how many of my girlfriends don't know anything about like their finances or just generally like money, like investing, like all of these things. And like, I'm, I don't pretend to be an expert in it. And like in certain aspects, like very privileged to have like some of the resources that I have, but like just generally, like, I think it's good to know, like, you know, if, if you're married, like, where is your money? How much do you have saved? Like, how do you access it? Like, God forbid you need to like, just like all of these things. Like, and I've thought about it more here and like, since we moved with like certain friends, stuff like that. Like I hear them say things and I'm like, oh my God, what, you mm-hmm. know? And I think like women, we've just been taught like not to talk about it. So at the very least, I'm glad, even though girl math, it's kind of like counterintuitive. I'm like, at least it gets women talking about money the way that men right? now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We should see if we, should get, we can get Mrs. Jow- Dow Jones on. I feel like she would be my God. She'd a be great. So she would be so, so good. Happy. I think she's here in New York too. Like not yeah. that means anything, but um, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. And I think that seems to be part of the themes that are coming up for this eclipse season, certainly back to like spiritual stuff is around like self-worth and money and finances and um, revealings around that for yourself or for your family or for just life. And, like, it just feels like we're kind of being asked, like, get it in a row, like get, get oh. things in a row. And also I feel like not only should you not feel bad spending money on yourself, but it's all, I always say it's always about the intention. You know, are you doing it out of like love and something that you love and you're excited about it? Or are you doing something out of like fear when you're spending money or saving you or whatever? Like it always goes back to the intention right. behind it. So if, at the very least, even if you don't change anything, if you just shift your perspective about like why you're doing something or where you're, why you're spending it here versus there, that can be very helpful and like start yeah. the process of healing the relationship with money. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, um, like you're talking about fear versus whatever, like it goes hand in hand. Like we've talked about like scarcity mindset before. Like if you're living in that mindset, then like that's yes. going to be reality. And I think obviously that massively applies to money and finances yeah. and yeah, like whatever it is. But yeah, there's been a lot of things lately where I'm like, just like interactions and um, where it, I'm just, I'm like, why you know like why or like why do you have that thought around it or like why collectively do we think that so just very yeah. interesting. um anyway wait so you, you're talking about eclipse season I know you had some eclipse season messages you wanted to share which I'm very excited to hear about because I feel like I called Cindy on Sunday because I broke my phone and it just was like a weird series of events and we both are just talking about like all of the weird stuff that has happened like thank god none of it necessarily like bad or like life-altering but just like weird shit where you're like what yeah um, and I know you were you're like it's eclipse season it's eclipse season so I'm like I I'm curious to hear the eclipse season message yeah this eclipse season feels a little rough like to your point I don't think it's anything like super uh like devastating like your whole I mean it could be that but I don't think you everyone needs like fear it but 
some eclipse seasons feel like it's more internal shifts and some eclipse seasons feel like they're more external shifts. And this one feels external, like a phone, like a car, like a hat, like, and in a good way too. I literally had a client email me the other day where she's like, we found our dream house. We've been looking for months, literally on Friday. We're the first people in, they took, they liked us. So they took our thing and we didn't have to overbid and we signed the papers today and we're done. And I was like, great. Like it can be good things. It can be very quick, fast things, but it can also be things like you broke your phone out of the blue, your car broke down, you're like, me, I went to go, I was supposed to be out of town and I went to go check on my Airbnb. It never got booked. Literally never got booked. Like I, they never responded to my request. They DM me and I missed it. And I was like, uh, there's no, like, there's literally no more places for me to stay. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going like, you know, it just wasn't meant to be like, so it's stuff like, it's just weird things like that have been like happening again, nothing earth shattering. It just, you know, I go with the flow. It wasn't meant to be. So the thing with the eclipses are, it's teaching us to go with the flow more. I also feel like if you are someone who's been like working on the internal like dialogue to yourself and the internal like uh, fear versus love, like we were just talking about, or scarce, scarcity, lack versus abundant mentality, this eclipse season is maybe testing that a little bit. Like, okay, you say you're in abundance. Well, here's this thing. Like, are you going to freak out? Or are you going to like go with the flow with it, right? And then the other thing that's been coming up with um, – eclipse season is two more things. Relationships are still really big. It's not going to go away. I also have been saying next year, 2024 is going to be big for relationships and soul contracts. So things, some coming in and some leaving as well. And then the last thing is um, the message I've been getting for this eclipse season, especially the one that's coming up uh, Well, we're recording this um, in, the, in mid-October, like October 10th, um, but October 14th eclipse is don't treat a temporary thing like it's permanent. Yeah. So, for example, don't treat your situationship like it's your husband or your wife or your forever partner because they're not. They're your situationship. And, like, you need to, like, figure it out. Or it's fine if you want to be in a situationship, but don't be treating them like they're your forever person because you're just giving away your energy and not getting anything back. Or things like health. Like, we were, I think you and I were talking about this, Allie. Like, you know – if you're going through an illness or autoimmune or something, or you just got diagnosed, like, remember, this is just temporary. It does not need to be, it might, it might be a while, but it doesn't need, don't treat it like it's this permanent thing. You're always going to have to be dealing with because that's not why it's showing up. It's showing up to teach you something and to learn and to heal and to be a wake up call, but you don't need to treat it like it's going to be permanent and forever and take it on as like a, now this is your forever situation because it's not, it doesn't need to be. But if you start thinking that way and you start perpetuating that, then it will become permanent. It will be something that's going to be there for a lot longer than it needs to be. Um, other things would be like a bad situation in your home. Like maybe there's a leak or there's, you have neighbors that are obnoxious or whatever. Don't treat it like it's permanent. Like it's always going to be that or you have to move or like, okay, yeah. it's temporary. What's the lesson? How can you move through this? So that's where I say these eclipse seasons might be a little bit uncomfortable because stuff's going to come up, but just don't treat it like it's permanent or it's going to be there forever because it's, it's not. It's meant to be temporary. Yeah. And to clarify, we have eclipse season through it's through the end of October, but it goes a few weeks after that. So I'd say like mid-November, we're probably in the clear from that Okay. energy. Okay. Not not too far off. Like another month, essentially, of this energy. But, you know, it can be very volatile. Yeah. But you remember, you you get to decide how you react to things. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and if you guys have any questions about eclipses or anything of that nature, themes, feel free to send us a DM about it on Instagram. Because I think, I know we're in an eclipse right now, but then we have another one in like six months, right? I think. Yeah, they're every, they're twice a year. So they're every six months or so. It tends to be. October, early November, and then April and May, okay. either both in April or one in April, one in May, that mm. kind of thing. It's also right. I always think of it. It's like basically from the equinoxes, autumn equinox and the spring equinox. So like mid end of September, to like end of March, it like leads us right into the eclipse season. So those two times of year are great, but it's also the beginning of the astrological new year and it's a halfway point of the astrological new year. So it's like in March, April, May, it's like kicking us into the new thing. And in October, November, it's, like, okay, it's getting us another boost. Like, you're okay, you're halfway through the year. Yeah. Are you doing what you want? Did you see, are you, do you have the things that you're looking for? Like, is this what you want? And if not, it's going to eclipse it out really quick. It can like clear things away really fast that aren't working. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, I guess it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, as long is... as it's eclipsing out things that aren't in resonance, but as long as you don't, and I need to hear this message too, as long as you don't grip it too much. <laughs> I'm like, I need that message every day of my life. So I need that message all the time. Like stop gripping things so much. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to let go of control. Like it just, it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Control is also uh, wanting to, uh, or control comes from like fear. Cause it's like, you're judging something before it's even happens. Right. You're like judging the future. You're judging the unknown, your fear, you know, so you're trying to control because you're like already, but like when we're in judgment, that doesn't feel good. Right. It doesn't feel good to be judged. It doesn't feel good to judge other. Like it doesn't feel good. So like yeah. you have, in order to let go of control, you also have to release the judgment around it, either judging yourself or judging the situation or where you should be, or you thought you'd be, you could have been, or what the should have, could have, what is, but it always goes back to, I think first and foremost, like, what are you judging? What are you like thinking should be different or, or could have been different? And then you're gripping because you're like wanting to control. So it doesn't happen in a way that you, that you don't want it to or whatever, but like, who's to say that it's not happening exactly the way it's meant to. Like, you know, you got to get out of that mindset of like that loop. So. It's hard. Um, and just hearing what you're saying about like loosening the grip and when something's not happening exactly as like, quote unquote, you can't see me obviously because this podcast, but I'm making air quotes, um, like exactly how it's supposed to happen or whatever it is. It reminds me about, and I can't, I can't remember. I think maybe we talked about on the podcast, but maybe it, it wasn't Pamela Chen that talked about this. I feel like it was like TikTok or something, but it was talking about how when we are constantly just like visualizing what we want to manifest it or the path or whatever it is, it doesn't leave room for like, I don't want to say bigger and better, but like alternative paths that might better serve your highest and best self. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just like interesting to think about like that juxtaposition and, um, it's something like I personally have been working on is like manifesting, but manifesting and leaving room for like the universe to work, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, I'm curious to see, I'll have to do like another TikTok dive and see what other trends there are for us to go over. Love it. In a future episode. Um, Thank God you pay attention to TikTok more than I do because I just like can't. It's yeah. just, it's sometimes it's just too much. It, my feed, I feel like changes day to day, but sometimes it's fine and it's actually like really enjoyable. And sometimes it's just the stuff where I feel like I'm constantly like not interested, not interested, not interested. It just, it's like a crapshoot, but yeah. So I'm going to stick with the gram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like Instagram for me too sometimes is just overwhelming. It is. No, it is. They're all bad. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone's right here and I was probably screaming at whatever listening device they are. Like they all suck. They do. They do. They all suck. They're all overwhelming. Sometimes you have to take it in small doses. You have to just, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't take any of it too seriously. I, yeah, you just have to turn yeah. it off. You have to turn it off. I've been, I have to like literally physically like, close the app and sometimes I even like hide it from my screen because I'm like I can't keep opening this stupid these stupid apps like I, nothing's changing there's nothing new on there you know so yeah I moved them to like the second page of my phone so it's not like the first thing I see when I open my phone right. I did that like last year but that's definitely been helpful or it's just it's still too easy but that makes it like way too easy so yeah very smart are you gonna uh, talk about your Reiki experience that you had do we have time yeah. So I, yeah. And then I think, it's probably, I think that's like the last thing. Okay. Um, so I had Reiki for the first time ever last week, which it's funny. I've only told like a couple of people and they like could not believe that I had never had it before. And I mean, you know this, but I'm like, just very careful with like who I see, like, you know, I like, don't just go see anybody for anything. And I went to this woman um, Kendi here in Nashville that I had gone to a full moon circle with at Danny Beanstein's home. This was like last year, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago. 
And it's always like been in the back of my head and I just have never done it. And I don't know why I just was like, I, I just feel like I need this. I need to go do this. And, um, it was really, really interesting for a lot of reasons. And I talked to her and she's going to come on the podcast to do like a Reiki, like one-on-one for like listeners and stuff like that. But, um, it was a great experience and I want to talk a little bit about like claircognizance because I had like this kind of click in my brain, but I realized, so like, you know, you lay and like, she had asked me, is it okay if I put my hands on you or do you, you know, do you want me to keep them off you? And I'm like, I don't care. I've had way more invasive things than that. So she like, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but that is, so, I mean, no, I yes. just sort of like, well, I mean, if this is as bad as it gets, this is great. And, um, so she like moved her hands around my body and it was super interesting because she found a bunch of spots, like obviously without me telling her anything, like she's just like feeling and working and where like I have had unexplainable pain for years and years and years. And I've had scans, I've had tests and like nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. So I kind of was like, oh my gosh, it must just be like, I don't know if it's like stored trauma. I don't know if it's energy, like it was so interesting though. And then I also put together my, um, great grandmother in Sicily was a Strega and she was known for having the healing hands of the village. And it like, was just this connection of like, Oh my God, this is what my great grandmother used to do. Like, that's so cool. You know, in Shaka. And like, now that I've been to Shaka and like, um, it just was really, really interesting. But um, I took an Uber to see, um, Kindy at her house. Cause I always am like just a little bit lightheaded after spiritual work. So I was waiting for my Uber and I was sitting at her kitchen table talking with her. And cause I was like, then just curious to know about her. And she was telling you how she's Claire cognizant. And, um, she was telling me about her story and I don't want to give it all away. Cause like, I really, I want to have her on soon. Um, but how like growing up, you know, she used to like see things or hear things or know things. And she just like thought she was crazy. And then as she got older, she kind of like realized what it was and started working with a mentor to to hone it and, you know, all this stuff. But she was talking about it and I was like, oh my God, like that's exactly what happens to me. And I, it's like one of those things where you always question how you know something. Um, or like for me, when I meditate, Like, I feel like things just come into my head, but I don't like picture anybody talking to me. I don't necessarily hear it. It just is like in my head and I'm like, oh, like, is this, so I always have questioned, like, is this me? Is this somebody talking to me? Like, what is this? And when she was talking about like Claire cognizance, I was like, oh, this is exactly my experience. And I wanted to share it on the podcast because I think if it was, um, validating for me it has to be validating for somebody else listening so yeah yeah. have we not talked about the Claire's on here we have but I don't know just never it never clicked for me before yeah 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 Um, and I don't know if it was that I I just needed it explained in that really basic like way yeah of course Um, but yeah it was just really it was interesting. It was very like, it was a very validating experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a uh, really quick and dirty, the clairs are the way that we perceive with our intuitive senses. So like claircognizant is um, the knowing without knowing how you know things. Clairvoyant is seeing things or sensing without, or seeing without knowing, how, without seeing anything actually there. Clairaudient is being able to hear things that aren't there. Or like when I'm channeling, I hear a voice or hear someone's tone or voice or whatever. And they're not actually talking, you know, they're in spirit talking, but they're not actually physically talking, right? That's clairaudience or sixth. There's clairsentient, which is feeling a lot of people feeling empathic or feeling something without knowing, like you can tell someone's really sad or whatever. That's being clairsentient, um, feeling things. There's two more like tasting and smelling, but that's like, if you ever smell like your grandmother's perfume or your grandfather's or cigarette smoke's a big one, like uh, they smell cigarette smoke and their grandfather or grandmother used to smoke, but there's no one smoking. Like that's, uh, that's your Claire. That's your, I forget what it's called, the Claire scent, like being able to smell, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a fun, they're fun. They're, and usually you have one that's stronger. And usually I say how you learn in school, it tends to be how you pick up things 
clairvoyant or in the, in the clair, like or, or um, in the psychic spiritual way, and then you can develop the other ones. But uh, yeah, yeah, cool. that was a good refresher course. Yeah, um, and I do think we have an episode about the clairs from very early on. Like I think it was one of our first episodes. I think we do too. We'll have to go back and look for it. So if you're curious, go back to the beginning yeah. and I think you'll find it. Um, and I think Reiki, just am I, this is, I'm adding my two cents in here. Reiki, I love. I do love it. I'm actually a Reiki master. I've been certified in all the things. I never, I don't use it. I, I just don't really feel called to, but I would say that it is a beautiful practice if you can find the right person, like to your point, having the right practitioner. And you just have to go off of trust or gut or ref- references or referrals. Um, I have some people in Chicago, obviously now Allie has this person in Nashville, you know, just DM us if you guys are interested. It can be a really beautiful thing. It can also be extremely watered down because I feel like everyone does Reiki. And I'm like, I'm not saying that there aren't amazing people out there. I just think it's such a universal term now. And so many people know about it. And so many people are Reiki people that I'm like, you know, and there's so many other beautiful forms of healing out there too. So if you don't feel called to do it or experience it, that's fine. Like there are so many other beautiful modalities out there for healing that aren't Reiki. Uh, But it is a great, if you can find a, like someone who's really good at it, they're, it's yeah. great. I've also known people who like myself who like, I've studied it and practice it. But when I do healing work, it might be being incorporated, but I don't call it Reiki because it's just not the main thing that I practice. So it's, um, and I know other people who are like that too. So yeah, just do your research, trust your gut, talk with, to people, read the reviews. With anything in life, but all like, especially spiritually. Exactly. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With anything in life, you need to do your research. Well, it's funny. Cause like I was thinking at, like, I went from years and years. I would only see you. Yeah. I started seeing Lauren O'Connell. Great. Then my third thing was, and I've only done it once. I saw Bridget Rose for Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I saw Kindy for Reiki, but I was like, I don't know. It really is just like a gut feeling when you know that somebody is like the right, like, I don't know if practitioner is the right term healer. It truly is like a gut feeling. So like, I've had a lot of people recommended to me. And if your gut says no, like, listen to your gut. And I'm not saying they're bad at what they do, that they're a bad person or going to bring bad energy into your life, but it more is like, they just might not be in resonance with you. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So if you have any questions about Reiki, please send us a message because we are going to have her on in the next couple of weeks um, for kind of like a crash course on it, um, which is something we haven't covered and we haven't actually, I don't think we've ever been able to find somebody that we like felt called to have on for that. And it's like yeah. such a big thing. It um, is. It's very, I think it's going to be good to have. And I, I'm not, I mean, I, took a class on it. Like I'm no expert. So I would love to have someone who's a current practitioner and expert and has, is doing it frequently talk about it because they'll be able to say a lot more. And then we definitely need to have, I'm going to, I think we should reach out to Dow Jones and, if it's, and like get her on and see if we can get her on. I bet it'd be really fun. I would love that. I love her. I think she's just like the coolest. I don't know. I love like what she stands for and like what she does and she's yeah. cool. Um, anyway, Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy October. Um, Like we said at the beginning of the episode, we're now available on Spotify, but we always appreciate if you leave a review anywhere you listen. We will see you soon. Bye guys. Bye.